0: Everybody, welcome to the Right or Die show. I am your host, Randy Lubowska. Today, I'm going to be speaking to Allison Roberts. Welcome, Allison. Super excited to have you on the show.
1: I am so glad um, to be here, Randy. Thank you for having me.
0: So, tell everybody a little bit about yourself.
1: I am a cognitive uh, behavioral expert. Um, I also am intuitive. So I combine the two and I have fun doing that every single day. Uh, I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm a mom and a grandmom and uh, an avid tennis player. I play tennis about five days a week and uh, I love it. Love it so much. Um, I
0: played tennis in elementary school, part of gym class.
1: Yeah, I started. I didn't. Yeah. I played in elementary school, but then it's a long story. I, I, my, I, it kind of got taken away from me. And so I picked it back up, um, in 2007 and I have not looked back. I love it.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Didn't mean to cut you off there, but no, it's okay. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, so how many kids do you have?
1: Just, well, I have two. Um, I placed a son for adoption and we were reunited 10 years ago. Yeah, and he's 34, and then I have a 29 year old daughter.
0: Wow, that is so cool! It's fun, yeah. So, um, has he met like the whole family, your daughter, and stuff? Uh,
1: with my son, yes, that's so good, yeah.
0: And the grandbaby, you said he was three. Oh, did you say it was a boy?
1: Yeah, he's a boy, little boy,
0: yeah, nice, yeah. three we were talking about that before we hit record love little baby
1: oh he's just he is the best he calls me gammy
0: oh that's cute mine hasn't quite started saying stuff I keep going grandma grandma (laughs) (laughs) and he just looks at me and smiles (laughs) and I'm like okay I'll take it (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah I mean I I still I know grandma's his favorite because it was actually funny. I'll tell the story. Then we'll get then we'll get back to the good good interview stuff. But it's a cute story. And uh, so on the weekend, um, I went. We went to pick him up at my in laws and go in. My husband goes up. There's only like five stairs. So my husband goes up the stairs first, and he's because I'm taking off my sunglasses, putting on my regular glasses. And my grandson sees Grandpa, and he runs over. But by the time he's run over to him, Grandma's at the top of the stairs too, and he looks at Grandpa. And then he looks at grandpa, grandma and he steps over gram- grandpa to get to grandma. So I oh. get the hugs first. <laughs> I and love my, that. my husband's like, hey.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my chopped <I> liver. <laughs>
0: exactly. But then after he finished giving me hugs anyway and gave grandpa hugs. But it's got to be grandma first.
1: <laughs> I love that.
0: Yeah, you know, I always used to think that he liked grandpa fast because after work, um, like when he used to live with us before him and his mom moved out, whenever grandpa would come home from working, uh, Grandpa grandpa run over to him and it was all grandpa for the rest of the night, but it was only because he got to see me all day long and he didn't get to see grandpa. Now, now we know the truth, that it's really <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyways, I get off topic, it's fun. Um, <laughs> back to the interview. So let's dive on in. You decide where you wanna start the story. Because it's your story to share. Uh, But let's jump in. Where would you like to start?
1: Well, the very first thing that I want to say is that um, I have come to find that some of the most painful experiences we live with are where our power is.
0: That's beautiful.
1: Yeah, I'm a huge believer in that. Um, So, I'll just start by saying that, you know, um, I lived in my car when I was 19 for three weeks, um, pregnant with my son because everyone in my life wanted me to have an abortion and, you know, I'm pro-choice. I believe that women, you know, should have the right to choose how they deal with a pregnancy, but I had I was engaged to be married and my, my son was conceived in what I feel was like a love relationship. And so I went to the clinic and I was on the table with the hospital gown on and everything. I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. Wow.
0: You came close.
1: I came very close. Yeah. And, um, you know, I lied to my fiance, which I shouldn't have done and told him that I'd gone through with it. Um, and then, you know, a week or so later, here I am, we're, we were living together and, um, you know, I woke up vomiting. I'm just going to adjust this a little bit. Um, yes. I woke up vomiting and he was, you know, he was like, "Allison, I knew that you didn't go through with it. Cause you, you've been like too. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You
1: know, um, so he told me that he was going to work everything out with his dad because his dad was the one who didn't want me to have the abortion or to have the have our child. Yeah. And um, so I was in college, and I came home from class, and they had changed the locks on the house. Oh, yeah. So I went to a payphone. This tells you how old I am. I went to a payphone, <laughs> and called my mom um, who's mentally ill. And, um, I-, I went back and, you know, had to live with her. And when she found out I was pregnant, she threw me out. Oh my. Yeah. So
0: you're basically thrown out of two homes
1: mm-hmm. in a nine week time span.
0: That's hard. How, how did you deal with that mentally?
1: I actually was in a, it's weird to say that, to to say what I'm about to say, but mentally I was actually in a really good place. That is Um, weird. I know it's weird to say that, but I was just really going on faith and following, and I don't mean like religious faith. I mean, like, like intuitive faith. Okay. This like feeling inside of me that was just guiding me to the next step and then the next step and then the next step. And so I just kept hearing this voice inside of me that was like, just drive back to campus and park your car. I've got you, you know, and it was cold. This was, I mean, it was in February, almost March and it was, it was freezing outside. Mm -hmm. So, but I drove back to the parking garage and, um, and every day the voice inside of me would just be like, don't worry, I've got you. I've got you. I've got you. I've got you. And I had a, um, an instructor at school that was teaching us the concepts of thinking grow rich by Napoleon Hill. Oh,
0: okay. Yep.
1: Yep. And it's like, you know, your thoughts become reality. If you believe them Yep. So every night in my car, I would just imagine myself being loved and warm and guided and safe and that same instructor was watching me, um, walk to my car every night and get in and not leave. And wow. so he talked to his wife. Cause I mean, like I said, it was freezing cold outside. So yeah. he talked to his wife and was like, I have this student who's living in her car in my parking garage yeah. at school. Um, you know, I think we should bring her here. And she was like, absolutely. So
0: Aww, that's so good.
1: Yeah. So, um, he knocked on my car door or, you know, one night and I was, it was, it was really weird, Randy. Cause I was, I mean, I was, I was really giving up and I was starting to feel like I was making the absolute wrong decision. And yeah. I had done like a really awful, horrible thing. Um, but then he knocked on my window and was like, you can't stay with this forever, but we're going to figure this out, you know, follow me home. And I was like, I can't follow you home. I don't have any gas in my car.
0: Oh my goodness. You couldn't go anywhere even if you wanted to.
1: Nope. Nope. Didn't have any money. Didn't have any gas, nothing. So he put me in his pickup truck and we drove to his house and his wife was lovely and they, they had a room set up for me. The, the crazy thing about all of this, what, well, there's a lot of crazy things about it, but <laughs> the whole
0: scenario the, is a little bit crazy.
1: Yeah. One of the crazy things was that for whatever reason, when I would visualize at night being warm in a bed, I saw curtains on the window with these little purple flowers on them. Okay. So the when room she had
0: curtains with little purple flowers, it did. That's crazy. That, that really is.
1: Yeah. I mean, was she, she took me to the guest room and she turned the light on and there were the curtains that I'd been seeing.
0: That's so cool.
1: Yeah. I was like, Whoa, Whoa. Um, so fast forward. Um, I ended up staying in a, um, a home, you know, for unwed mothers and I placed my son for adoption. Um, I wasn't going to though. I, I, I had changed my mind and I was in the hospital room and I was like pacing back and forth and I didn't know what to do. I had spent three days with my little boy and I was just like, I, I just, I can't do this. Um, I can't leave him here. And I was just like crying and really distraught. And yeah. I got down on my knees and I just surrendered like yeah. everything like to the universe, just saying, you know, I really don't know what to do. And this was a closed adoption. So like I had chosen him from a letter that I had received, but I didn't know what these people looked like or where they lived or anything. Yeah. And so the same voice that was guiding me to like, just go to the parking garage, just park, I've got you. Um, I, I heard that same voice and it said, "Allison, if you sign the adoption papers, I promise you'll see him again.
0: Oh my goodness, I'm getting tingles
1: yeah and so I was just like okay all right I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna trust this I'm gonna trust it yeah. so I signed the adoption papers and then 10 years ago um I woke up one morning like at 3 30 in the morning and and that same voice was just like Allison it's time wow and I was like well this is this is weird but you know, I, there was not not a day that went by, of course, that I didn't think about him. So I Mm -hmm. knew exactly how old he was, and that he was a man at that point, and not, you know, a child anymore. Yeah. And, and so I was like, you know, okay, so (laughs) I called the adoption agency that that same morning. And, the woman was on, it was really nice and kind to me on the phone, but, but she said, you know, sudden it was a closed adoption. You yeah. may never find him. You know, I'm just letting you know right now, you know? Yeah. And I was like, I accept that. That's fine. But I'm, I'm really feeling intuitively like it's, I need to search for him. Yeah. So she was like, okay, you know, you'll be hearing from us. And I was like, all right, the very next morning, my phone rang. And I picked it up and it was the woman from the adoption agency. And I was like, did I miss something on the paperwork? You yeah, know, yeah. cause, and she said, no, are you sitting down? Okay. And so I sat down with my coffee and I was like, what's the matter? Like what, what happened? And she said, "Allison, you guys faxed your paperwork in four minutes apart. What? a true story
0: wow so he was ready and you were ready and yeah so how did that now I'm super curious how did that first meeting go with him
1: amazing
0: yeah is he like who who like I don't even know what to ask but so (laughs) I'm assuming maybe you were nervous
1: I was really you know it's really strange. I think I would have been nervous. Yeah. Um, if I didn't have that guiding voice inside of me and yeah. the fact that we, that we both were guided to find each other at the exact same time, mm-hmm. um, I was emotional. That's the yeah. best way you can put it like, yeah. uh, you know, drive I had, I had to go back to the same adoption agency where I had signed all the adoption papers, um, and where the whole process started. And so I hadn't been back into that building since, you know, I placed him for adoption. So that was really hard. Yeah. Um, And it was actually some of the same employees that were there Really, were still there. Yeah. And one of them remembered me and, and she was like, I remember you. And so I told her what was happening and she just started crying and she was like, Oh my God, you know, I remember how distraught you were. And this is so amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so my son was born with, um, with uh, uh, some physical challenges. And Mm -hmm. so just to see him, you know, standing up on his own two feet and just being the beautiful, amazing person that he is. Um, it was, it was just wonderful. And I was at his wedding, um, which was amazing. And his parents are incredible. I was going to
0: ask. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And his sister's incredible. So, um, you know, we, I think that we both kind of decided, even though we, we've never talked about it. I think that we both decided that for right now it's easier if we don't like communicate all the time. Yeah. No. Um, so, so we don't, I mean, it's not like we have a love fest every day. We, um, you know, we're we're in each other's lives, like on Facebook and, and we text, you know, occasionally and things like that. But, um, you know, it's, it's a decision I made a long time ago and, and, you know, I, I, I didn't, my intent to find, to find him and reconnect with him was not to become his mom. You know, mm-hmm. I can never, I'm his mother, but I'll, I can never be his mom, you know, yeah. and, and I don't want to be, I gave that, that gift, you know, to someone else.
0: Yeah. And it sounds like he had really great parents, right? You said that.
1: Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. So you,
0: you don't want to replace something that he has had and loved him and he loves right. them, right? You're just, mm-hmm. you're just another part of his life, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that you take over a role that somebody else has been doing for his whole life.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That
0: is such a beautiful story.
1: Thank you. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I for years after, um, that happened and before we reunited, you know, I, even though I knew it was the right thing to do, um, I also know that that happened and that I chose that path so that I can help other people, um, you know, with cognitive behavior, because it is, I mean, cognitive behavior is how we function. Yes. You know, there's an outside circumstance and we have a thought about it and then we have a feeling about it and then we act on that feeling and then we get a result.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: And I think that so many people live, you know, walking around, kind of sleepwalking, letting their outside circumstances dictate their life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I like, I like the way that you put it, the outside circumstances dictating their life as opposed to taking responsibility for it. I was just talking to my aunt earlier today about taking responsibility and we we're talking about somebody in particular. Um I won't say who, but we we're talking about the need to take responsibility for your own actions, not let not blame others or let outside right. circumstances.
1: Yep. Yeah. I mean even if someone else has harmed us, even yeah. if they've harmed us intentionally, yeah. um, we still have the power to not become the, the, the circumstance.
0: Yes. That's a beautiful way to put it. I love that. So we were talking a little bit before um, I hit record, and you were talking about being a survivor of childhood trauma. Can you talk a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of what landed me um, in that whole.
0: Yeah, that's what my kind of guess was.
1: Yeah, that, that's what kind of landed me in that whole scenario. Um, you know, I, I grew up with a mom who, you know, has just a lot of rage. And I mean, we don't have a relationship to this day because she's just she's a narcissist. And oh, okay, um, narcissistic abuse is like the worst kind of abuse. It's just it's horrible. It's like a it's like it's like trying to get out of a spell that a wicked witch is like cast on you or something. Oh, okay, um, and. So, I mean, I grew up with none of my basic needs, like ever being met. Neighbors bought toilet paper for me. Um, Friends paid for my lunch at school. My teachers gave me my school supplies, even though we had the money.
0: Yeah.
1: It's not like we were poor. My mom just spent that money on shoes and purses and dresses. And, um, because to her, the most important thing in the world was, you know, men, Mm. And she was beautiful. Um, She looked very, she looks very much like Liz Taylor, you know, in her younger years. Um, And so, you know, she would woo men and, and just, she had one lover after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other. And that was what, you know, that's just the environment that I grew up in. And, and so she, you know, So a crazy thing about all of this is that when I was 40, I found out that the father that she told me, you know, hated me and didn't love me and didn't want to have anything to do with me actually ended up not being my biological father.
0: Oh, snap.
1: Yeah. Yep. So that has opened up a whole nother like crazy chapter of my life, but my mom even used that, you know, her narcissism to become the victim in that situation and make me um, seem like, you know, the bad person in that situation and that I didn't have any right to any of the information and that it was none of my business. And to know know, who your dad was. Yeah.
0: So how did that make you feel? feel like a therapist asked that, but I'm
1: not. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, looking back on it, um, I've come to realize that I had a nervous breakdown.
0: Okay.
1: I didn't realize at the time that that's what it was. Cause you know, a nervous breakdown doesn't have to be what's in the movies, you know, where you're walking around. I mean, it can just be like a series of really bad decisions. Yep. One right after the other that you're, because you're just so turned up and, and just, you know, messed up in your mind kind of thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And so I made some really bad, I just made one bad decision after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other, until finally my therapist was like, Alison, you know, you're, you are having a nervous breakdown.
0: Wow. So at that point you had already been in therapy then. Yeah. Okay. So when did you start therapy?
1: When I was 20.
0: Oh, wow. So you for a long time then.
1: Yeah. I mean, I take breaks, but I'm a yeah, really, yeah. I'm a big believer in therapy, a huge yeah. believer. I don't think that we can do our own root canals. We can't do our own open heart surgery and we can't do our own mind magic. Like we yeah. need someone else.
0: Yeah. To- you sound like my husband right there. He doesn't, he always says, cause he's a mechanic. So he always goes, well, People need to bring me their car. Cause I'm the expert in it. So if you need to go to therapy, then go to the expert in it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. That makes
0: sense. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, I I've studied therapy and psychology and all that stuff and, and cognitive behavior for, you know, for 35 years, but there's no way in the world that I would sit down and try to figure out my own stuff.
0: No, exactly. Like, like you were saying with the dentist, a dentist still has to go to another dentist for
1: right now can't exactly. do his own. Right. Yeah. And so she just, you know, my therapist was like, Allison, you know, you're, I, I'm just going to say it out loud. You're having a nervous breakdown yeah. <laughs> and I didn't believe her. You know, I was just really, I got really mad at her and I didn't believe her. And then I made a whole nother series of a whole nother thing of bad mistakes, bad choices. Um, and then it wasn't, it wasn't until about six years ago that I realized that she was correct. You know, when I look back on it, mm-hmm. um, I was like, wow, she's, she was right. I was, yeah. I was there.
0: So how did you come out of it?
1: Um, accepting the truth. I think that we, I think that nervous breakdowns happen when we don't want to accept the truth. And when we're trying to change reality. You know, um, so I accepted the fact that, you know, I had two dads. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I accepted the fact that one of them was kept from me, which is the one that my mom told me didn't love me. And the other one truly didn't want me, which is what's my biological father. He had, a, he absolutely wanted nothing to do with me because he was a minister. Oh. oh, and the existence of me represented sin.
0: Yes. So oh, he didn't maybe. want
1: Yeah. He didn't want anything to do with that. Um, So I had to accept all that. And I, I, you know, acceptance, it's just like when you go through AA or anything else, which I'm not an addict and I'm not an alcoholic. So I've never been through those programs, but I'm very familiar with them. But I know the very first step is, you know, admitting admission, like I, you know, and so I think just admitting that, you know, I, I am the, cause there's a lot of shame when you grow up in Abuse, especially when there's not bruises, to like show people like, hey, you know, I'm I'm an abused kid. When it's all mental and emotional and spiritual abuse, Mm -hmm. you know, the only thing that you have to show for it is your dysfunction, and there's a lot of shame in that. Yeah. For years, I wouldn't admit that I was being abused.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: We had a perfect family. You know, our family was perfect
0: yeah especially looking at it from the outside
1: Hmm. yeah
0: wow I'm just absorbing it all right now because I was actually I was really hoping that you were gonna say that when you found out who your biological dad was he just didn't know you existed but really he was gonna love you you know that's how the movie would go
1: well here's <laughs> here here's the real story so I found him um I mean, it does have a beautiful ending. I found him. He told me that uh, I was an abomination and that I needed to just get out of his life and that, you know, his children, my half siblings would never want to have anything at all to do with me. So fast forward, my daughter wanted 23 me for Christmas. Okay. And my biological siblings had submitted their 23andMe oh. stuff. So 23 and me actually scientifically put us together and my siblings and I are very close now.
0: <gasps> okay. Yay. Yay. I still got my ending.
1: <laughs> still got your ending. It's a beautiful love story between all of us. And so how many wife,
0: siblings do you have?
1: I am the baby of nine.
0: Holy moly. All right. <laughs> all right. Your family just went really big yeah. now.
1: Oh, yeah, huge. And my biological father actually passed away on April the 8th.
0: Like this year?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Oh, my goodness. That was very recent. A a month ago. Yeah. Wow. And how did that hit you?
1: It's been weird. It's been weird. Yeah. But freeing at the same time. I think we all feel free Mm -hmm. because the truth is out and we're all living in the truth now and there's there the truth hurts but it is true that the truth does also set you free.
0: Yeah. Wow. I wasn't expecting any of that when <laughs> when we first started chit-chatting. Um so wow, and a baby of nine. Oh my goodness. And then you only ended up well, you had two um kids. Yeah. Wow. And the one grandbaby so far, maybe there'll be more in the future.
1: Maybe there'll be more.
0: <laughs> and so is it your son or your daughter that has the, the baby? My daughter. Okay. I was just being nosy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. All right. So what kind of coping skills have you learned to deal with all of this? Because this is, this is a lot to deal with.
1: You know, the, I, I mean, I teach, you know, a, a system that's called personalized science, and um, I'm actually having a, an event here in Atlanta in October um, that's virtual and live so people can attend it both, both ways. Oh, cool. Yeah, but I'm going to be teaching the process there. But basically, there's five steps to this. Okay. The first step is that, you know, write out your life. Write out the, the facts of your, like the timeline of your life, everything that's happened up up until now. Okay. And look at the worst things that have happened. That's step number two. Like what, look at the absolute worst things that have happened.
0: All right. I'm fit. Th- I'm, I'm not writing it out, but I'm thinking about it as you think yep. about it.
1: Yeah. Okay. And then step number three is accept that you survived.
0: That one I can do. Yep.
1: Yep. And then step number four is to write out what you learned, what those experiences taught you.
0: Wow. That would what take the, a lot of thought.
1: Yeah. Yes, it does take a lot of thought. Um, what, what have they taught you? Um, and then five, what's the result of your life right now from the lessons that you learned in those experiences? And basically that is what is behind our power.
0: Yeah, I like that. I know I always, whenever I'm kind of in, in a down mood, I try to bring myself out by going, okay, but if, if X, Y, Z didn't happen, then I wouldn't be here right now.
1: Exactly. And, and that that is like true.
0: Yeah. That exactly. is the truth. Yeah. So as much as I, I look back and I go, I hated that this happened. If it didn't, then I wouldn't be here. And I really like where I am now. Yeah. Yeah. Which actually, so in in my book that I published this year, the first chapter is write a letter to your younger self. So I write to my younger self about how, yes, right now sucks. Like it sucks hard, but it's going to get better. And what you have experienced now is going to help shape and build you for who you're going to become.
1: Yes. Yeah. I love that.
0: So it's, it's so much like what you're saying. And I definitely didn't do all those steps. And maybe one day I'll have to, I'll have to dig a little deeper into some of those, but I'm not quite ready for that yet. (laughs) Cause some of those moments I'm not quite ready to explore, but of the ones that I have explored. Yes. I definitely love that now in this moment, this is who I am. And I like who I am now. And it came from where I came from. It did. Yeah. So that's a great, I love it. And it's simple. Five steps is nice and easy. It's a, nice, yes. a dense number, right?
1: Yes. It's, 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 you know, you have to make the steps easy because the process is not easy.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, okay. So the event is, is coming up in October and it's going to be live and virtual, which is great for all of us people up here in Canada. Um, yes. Where do people buy the tickets for it?
1: Um, they can go to behind the power okay. behind the power event.com.
0: Excellent. And you're going to send me that link so I can throw it in the description down below. So people can really super easy, find it. Um, yes. because got to make it, we just said, you got to make it simple for people. That's right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, wonderful. So the coping skills, let's, let's go back to our conversation here. <laughs> what other coping strategies have you been using?
1: Um well I'm I'm a big believer in our spiritual team. Okay. I'm a very big believer in angels, guides and masters. Okay. Um and without my spirituality, I would not be I probably wouldn't be sitting here right now, honestly. Yeah. Um you know, I I know that there is um invisible powers if you will. On the other side, who are rooting for us and who are there to give us information. You know, I believe that they can see our 10 steps, you know, before we can. And so I meditate and, you know, um, I'm a really big believer in sound therapy. So, bina- binaural beats and things like that, I've always used. Um, okay. Yeah. You're the
0: first person to mention sound therapy.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I'm a, I'm a really big believer in it. A- even in my car, which is okay. So this is also a little bit crazy. Okay. Your whole story so,
0: is a little bit crazy. Yeah.
1: So in my Volkswagen, I lived in a, when I was homeless, my car was a 1978 yellow Volkswagen Beetle.
0: I always wanted one of those when I was younger. I don't oh my gosh. why I just did. Well, <laughs>
1: it's, I don't recommend living in one. They're really small.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, they are.
1: But I would sit in my car at night and do this. Oh. And it would calm me down. It would calm me down. Well, my son is a drummer. It's what he does for a living. He is a wow. drummer. Wow. I know. I that, know.
0: That's pretty <laughs> cool. So you you had, I mean, obviously you had quite a lot to do with who he became, just gene-wise. but. You were still t- trying to do the best for him when he was in your, in your womb, which is beautiful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm and so I,
0: glad that his parents ended up being great people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the agency that I went through, they, they, they were very careful. They vetted people.
0: Good. Good. Cause you yeah. hear horror stories.
1: Sometimes. Yeah, you do. The, but that was not this. I mean, they had to go through like home studies and psychological studies good, and good, counseling good. and you know, they had to even come back with the baby and like sit down and be examined and all stuff. Okay, so, good. You know, so sure. I made sure, like I made sure that yeah. they weren't just like buying my son. You know. Yeah,
0: yeah. You still wanted, especially because I didn't, I didn't get
1: a dime. So I'm like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, so what would you tell somebody who is listening right now? And let's talk. The question is going to be around family circumstances. They're going through some pretty crazy family circumstances, kind of like you did. What's your advice to them?
1: First of all, you're not your family.
0: Oh, I like that.
1: You're not your family. You're not your family's stories. You're not your family's beliefs. You're not your family's trauma. You are not your family. You are your own individual person with your own heart and your own mind and your own ideas, and your own power, and your own strength, um, and you lean into that. You let that take you down the path that you're going because your family is not coming with you.
0: Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Because a lot of people, and I struggled with this myself for a while, internalizing your family's issues, your family's drama. Um, but yeah, I love that. You're not them. You're your, your their their job
1: was to get you here.
0: Yeah.
1: That was their job. Their job. Your parents' job was to get you here. Yeah. And if they loved you and nurtured you, that was a bonus. And if they didn't, then you are not them and you can go and create your life, um, the way that you want to live it.
0: And obviously you're a big proponent of therapy because yes. I mean, you've already talked yeah. about that and been doing it for years. So again, if you are internalizing that your family internalizing that it's you, well, you're not. And therapy can be one of those ways to help you come to terms with it if you need to.
1: Yep. Absolutely.
0: Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so tell us about what, uh, what you've written.
1: Yeah. So uh, the women who are going to be speaking at the Behind the Power event, our book is called Behind the Power. Oh, and so, awesome. yeah. So it's a book collaboration. Um, and they're all going to be sharing the worst moment of their life. Oh, snap. And how they uh, survived it and what they've learned from it and sharing those tools with uh, the women in the audience. They've overcome some heavy, heavy stuff. Yeah. And they are beautiful, powerful uh, women today. And they're going to be sharing that, that, that from their, they share it from their heart in the book and they're going to be sharing it from their heart, from the stage. And I am, I'm just really excited about it. I'm so excited.
0: That is very cool. Actually, I'm very enticed now about this event because that's, that's spectacular.
1: Yes. It is,
0: and it goes right along with the purpose of my show, so I love that.
1: Yes, yes, it does.
0: Um, and how many women are going to be there speaking? I'm just thirteen.
1: Scared. Wow, that's a lot. It is a lot.
0: Where did you find them, or did they find
1: you? Um, they are. They've gone through my program. I have a six month coaching program, so they went through my program, um, and. I just saw something special in each one of them and invited them to do a book collaboration with me. And they, they said, yes. Yeah. I love
0: it. That's so great. Um, and where can people pick up this book?
1: Um, we are releasing it on Amazon in August.
0: Perfect. So when we get that link, it will be in the description
1: below. Um, They'll get a free copy, though, if they come to the event.
0: Oh, yay! that is so good to know. Yes. Excellent. Um, and where can people follow you so they can stay up to date on all of this stuff?
1: Allisonroberts.com. And it's just like my name is on the screen. But if you're not watching and you're listening, it's A-L-L-Y-S-O-N, roberts.com.
0: Perfect. And we will also put that link in the description below because we got to make it easy. Let's just click it and follow. And then from your website, can we find all your social media accounts? I'm assuming.
1: Yes. You can find the event, social media, um, links to the book when it's available. Um, if you sign up on my mailing list, you'll also get a copy of, um, the first book I wrote, which is, uh, the magic in you.
0: Oh, I like the name of that. Is that also on Amazon?
1: Uh, it's not i oh yeah it's just it's just in my own community so
0: oh so it's a real special one then
1: yeah it's i share a lot of really deep stuff in there so
0: wow yeah now i'm going to be nosy why didn't you release it to the big wide world and it's just kind of like in your little small community
1: um in complete transparency A family member, a a family member, threatened to to sue me.
0: Oh snap!
1: If I published it,
0: okay. Yeah, then that's a good reason to (laughs) not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, I get it, but I still feel like I got to get my hands on a copy of it. (laughs) Yes, yes.
1: Just get on my mailing list; it'll come to you.
0: Perfect. Yeah, got to get me a copy of that um so thank you so much for being on the show I had a great time talking to you
1: it was great to meet you Randy thank you so much
0: wow I I don't know what else to say I was not expecting to hear what she said and that's something I love about these interviews as much as sometimes I get those pre-interview questions there's still stuff that's not on there and it shocks me and I love that we can just have these honest conversations and just let these conversations flow because that is the only way to really make it known to the world that it's okay to be who you are because you are awesome right um so if you are part of our patreon page uh there will be some behind the scenes footage of some uh, more conversation with allison after the interview actually ended so be sure to head on over there check it out for when that drops as well, we have merch, of course, and 10% of the proceeds from the merch store always goes back to the Canadian Mental Health Association. And remember, the only way to end the stigma of mental health is to speak openly and honestly.